1: One thing I know is that I am always making excuses for not reading the Bible. I'm terrible at being consistent about it, yet I know that's what I need most in life. You'd think that it would just be easy to pick up a book and read it, but nope. I usually find literally anything else to do other than reading even for like 10 or 15 minutes. Thankfully, I found a tool that's actually been helpful for being consistent in reading the Bible, and that app's called Dwell. Dwell has built the most beautiful listening and reading experience for the Bible. They've got over a dozen new recordings of the Bible, hand-picked, silky-smooth voices that will engage and inspire you. And they've got the best versions of the Bible too, like the ESV and NIV. One of the coolest things about Dwell is their read-along experience. Like If you've ever seen Apple Music's lyrics feature, then that's exactly what you can expect from the read-along feature at Dwell. Beautifully designed backgrounds, big, bold text, scrolls as the narrator reads to you, if you've got trouble getting in the habit of consistently reading the Bible like me, you should at least give Dwell a try. Go to dwellapp.io slash sneakers to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 33% off Dwell for life. My wife and I use Dwell all the time as a great alternative to reading the Word. As someone who's not great at being organized, the reading plans that they have as well are a helpful tool. So again, to get started with Dwell, go to dwellapp.io Slash Preachers and Sneakers to get 10% off a yearly subscription or 33% off Dwell for Life. 33% off means you save 50 bucks. So make sure to visit dwellapp.io slash Preachers and Sneakers and commit to Scripture for the rest of this year or for your life. This is still an experiment for the podcast, but I'm trying to switch it up, I'm trying to make it a little fresher than just the stale old record on audition, chop it, edit it, post it on Buzzsprout or whatever. Honestly, it's for my own sake. It's just that gets pretty boring after a while. And so I'm trying to add different avenues by which we could do this podcast, make it more interesting. And, you know, for those that are watching or watching later, we appreciate you being here. It's the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. This is episode four. And it's another Q&A episode. It's just yours truly. Your boy, BK. On the mic instead of an interview-based podcast, I like to switch it up. Do these every once in a while where we can talk more about. Uh, <laughs> that sounds so narcissistic. Where we can talk about me, but usually on the other, most of the other podcasts we're talking about somebody else. And so I put out a question about uh, a, uh, a request for Q and A questions. On Instagram, I got a bunch of responses. I haven't really looked at them yet. I'm just going to read them live and get into those uh, in a minute. If you haven't, one shameless plug. If you haven't gotten the Preachers and Sneakers book, head on over to preachersandsneakers.com and pick up a copy of the book, either in print form, audio form, or Kindle form. Audio book, I actually narrated it, and there's an interview with Judah Smith at the end. But if you're watching this currently, you probably knew that already um it's been a while since i've really posted anything life has been pretty busy on my end between baby stuff and business stuff um you know i'd focused the past basically two months exclusively on just the release of the book and why is it still pause that wasn't supposed to do that past two months spent basically just on the release of the book and um while also trying to keep a baby alive of which we are uh succeeding technically but uh failing in terms of the details i think <laughs> we're uh figuring it out as we go as many uh past parents have done as well although it's super fun super cute kid and a very fulfilling role. You know, as I sit here and talk on a podcast in my lair while my wife actually does the real work, I mean, I just married a saint woman. Anyways, if you're watching this on Twitch, be sure to like and follow, follow and sub the channel. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. And we're doing a QA episode. Like I said earlier, I put out a request on Instagram last night for some Q's and some A's and we can get into the Q's. A couple things before though. Um, Did y'all see this? Did y'all see this Hillsong thing? That is the, like the, the new Hillsong. There's like a pastor, a female pastor at Hillsong, like Connecticut or something. That's got these additional accusations towards Carl Lentz from the past. Dude, if you haven't, if you haven't read this article, bro, it's, it's insane. And I hope Hillsong takes it seriously. You know, the Hillsong PR team has got to be just so over this man. Uh, Just exhausting stuff to continue to have to, to see your people in, in the uh, headlines every literally every other week, it seems like. Uh, But yeah, some, some pastor at, at Hillsong Connecticut who used to work for Carl, has all these uh, allegations of sexual abuse and stuff towards towards him. And that came out like yesterday through pretty legitimate news sources. And, uh, it's hard for me to th- think of a reason why she would make all that stuff up, but we shall see it. That's the tough thing about being a public figure, being having your ministry in at the forefront of media and news, and all that kind of stuff, because, uh, this kind of stuff keeps getting brought into the mainstream and it kind of makes it worse for yourself. So I hope, I hope they investigate it and I hope they get to the bottom of it. I know everybody would like to see Hillsong turn the corner and point people to Jesus instead of constantly in a PR battle with the, uh, mainstream media. Also, um, in kind of the same vein. Did you see Jay Biebs basically leading worship at church home this weekend? Maybe Was it this weekend? I think so. Jay Biebs, Chandler Moore, some element of Maverick City music was there, at least Chandler Moore. I'm not I'm even sure if he's – is he officially part of Maverick City music or do they always just feature him because the dude's got pipes. I got on his IG Live and said, hey, this guy's got pipes. Chandler Moore is the real thing. I mean, as is Jay Beebs, but uh, there's sh- uh, most likely having a post come out about Jay Biebs' kicks later tonight that probably will uh, bring out the Bieber stands and uh, dish out some more vitriol towards me. Um, should be fun. Looking forward to that. But anyways, back to the Q&A. I don't have a ton of time. I'm going to try to keep this under 30 minutes. Um, but heading to your questions and if you've got more questions, you could drop them in the chat in Twitch as well. And in YouTube monitoring those as well. Uh, let me click on multi-stream here and make sure it says it's read only refresh this chat. Well, I'm at least monitoring the Twitch chat. If you're on Twitch, drop your questions if you've got anything, but getting into it in no particular order, uh, I don't, know, I don't know if I should read the names of the people asking questions. I guess not. I'll just, I'll just read the questions. Am I ready to go back to church? Should I even go back to church? Well, it depends on what your goal with going back to church is. Is it to check a box? Is it to get a blessing? Then probably not because that's not what it's there for. But if you're searching for meaning and salvation and a savior then yeah i think that's probably a good start uh it would do you would do well to research maybe some churches in your area before you just jump into the best looking one or the coolest sounding one uh if you're choosing your church based on instagram uh you're probably going to be disappointed in one way or the other uh so i would say maybe put some actual research into the church you want to go back but i hope you go i hope you choose to i also hope you choose to uh, go for the right reasons and not for uh to treat God as a little little genie in a bottle because that's uh, shouldn't be the reason you go back someone asked tell us about your time as a marine thank you for your service you're welcome for my service I was happy to do it but also happy to be out I got out in uh, 2015 even though you know, it looks like I was in the marines yesterday clearly just the same fighting weight everything this is exactly how I looked in the marine corps Six years ago, six years ago, geez. Uh, I was in the Marines from 2011, depending on how you look at it, f- like give or take some training. 2011 to 2015 as a logistics officer, I spent a year in the flight program and decided that uh, the 10 year commitment that they were asking for, with that comes along with the flight program, it seemed like that was probably a little much. And so I lateral move to logistics I re- remained in the logistics space throughout the entirety of my career and did a deployment to Eastern Europe and bebopped around Eastern Europe countries doing some logistics type functions doing some planning and training uh, all with a spectacular team of Marines that were just way way better Marines than I could ever be on the enlisted side uh, but yeah I enjoyed my time in the Marines I it it was tough. The, my back got destroyed. Uh, my, my lumbar is forever ruined from it, but, uh, you know, it's part of it. That's why they call it sacrifice, I guess. And I also had like the easiest, not the easiest, but I had a pretty easy Marine Corps career compared to some people that were literally going on deployments every six months. But, um, yeah, I I miss it sometimes just because there's, not many things else in life that have such a purpose connected to it. And so when you get out of the Marines, it's kind of hard to adjust to civilian life and trying to find meaning in life because, you know, everything is wrapped around being a Marine and serving the country and basically sacrificing your life or being prepared to. And then when you get out, it's just like, there's not many things that, uh, that are equal to that. Um, so that took a while to get used to, but I'm definitely happy to be out now because there's definitely some uh, drudgery that goes into being a Marine. On on we go. How can Christians keep their faith in a world that is increasingly antagonistic towards all religions? This, uh, that's a very deep question. Uh, I Practically, I think having community around you that shares your beliefs and can encourage you while you encourage them is pretty important. Uh, if you're trying to live any kind of faith by yourself in a vacuum, it's going to be pretty easy to get discouraged, to feel alone and to, uh, to want to give up. I mean, why would you continue? Like no one has the willpower. A willpower is like a limited resource, I think. And so, when you're going through tough times and such and you're trying to live your faith isolated, it's uh, pretty easy to just be like, mm, I'm good, bro. I, uh, you know, I can feel miserable outside of this without having all the extra requirements and reading assignments, you know. Uh, but if you're if you really wanted to. Uh, oh, what's up? Jordan P 3 Thanks for the follow, bro. See, we're live. We're on Twitch here, baby. We're doing it live. Um, thanks dude. That's, I should have adjusted that volume cause that's totally going to derail me. Um, but I think practically a commu- having community around you to encourage you and to speak into the lies, maybe that you're believing about yourself or the tough times that you're going through is super important. And if you can just affect your, the circle around you, the circle around your community, that's about all you can do. I mean, in a world that is antagonistic towards, uh, all religions, I mean, Jesus. Uh, no, I appreciate the follow, Jordan P. Let me be real. I appreciate the follow. No sweat. I'm just a noob. And so I'm a noob with ADD. And so it's, you know, it's easy to get derailed. Um, but God said, we're we're going to have trouble and we're going to be hated. And so if I think it's to be expected that uh, the world is going to be increasingly antagonistic towards you know, religions or a relationship. If, uh, depending on how you see it, but good question though. Uh, same person asked favorite low budget sneakers, dude, I barely wear wear shoes at all right now. I mean, I've been working on some business stuff and so I, I wear shoes for that, but around the house, I've literally not wearing shoes that much, but, uh, I would say, I mean, low budget is such a relative term, but, Vans are pretty consistently low budget. I like those a lot, and I wear Ultra Boosts every day. And you can find Ultra, Ultra Boosts at the outlet, I think, for a pretty good price, or on sale sometimes at like Finish Line, all that kind of stuff. Those are the two I would say. Uh, what do you think about the IG account profits and watches hijacking your idea? I don't care. <laughs> I I'm friends with the guy. And, uh, he knows a ton about watches. I know nothing about watches. The watches are insane. I mean, the watches, I'm surprised people don't freak out more about those than they do about the sneakers. Cause the watches, I mean, we're talking like 17,000 to $40,000 watches these dudes are wearing and people are like, oh, it's probably a gift, multiple $40,000 watches, dude. It's crazy. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying the whole idea is crazy. Imagine wearing four, something worth forty thousand dollars on your wrist. Sure, there's like some investment value to it, maybe, uh, which is the better. Like, and if if you're comparing that to the sneakers, it's better. I guess to have watches because it's got some resale value or retained value, uh, unlike sneakers where you basically lose all the value once you wear them. Uh, but yeah, Providence watches. He does a good job, and um, you know, if he liked the way that I was presenting my content and he modeled it after that. So be it, bro. I've got, I'm not building an empire here and I've got nothing to prove really. So, uh, I'm all good with it, bro. Culture. Uh, sorry. I, <laughs> I wasn't going to read the names of the people asking questions. What are your favorite movies and shows? I'm going to be honest. We watch a lot of TV here and I make plenty of excuses for not reading my Bible and doing things that matter. And we, somehow we find a lot of time to watch TV Uh, recently we just finished mayor of East town on HBO, which was, uh, outstanding. Kate Winslet's going to win all the awards for that show. Uh, we just started watching, uh, the mosquito coast, which is weird. We're, I mean, it hasn't fully developed yet, but we've enjoyed watching that one so far. And then when our baby isn't, uh, screaming his head off, sometimes we like to go to bed to watching, go to bed, watching the office. Uh, so those are three that come to mind immediately. What is your testimony that, I mean, that's a heady question. Basically grew up in a Christian home and, uh, gave my life to Jesus, probably age eight or so when, you know, when you are prepared to make really deep, impactful life decisions at age, age eight, you really know what you're getting into when you're eight. But, That's when I got baptized. That's when I uh, prayed the prayer, quote-unquote, if you're from the Bible Belt. Uh, But I've since been a flawed idiot Christian since then. I had my ups and downs into college, into the Marines, out of the Marines, now into the business world, and now into this weird social media world. And so I've definitely done it imperfectly, but trying my best. You know, it's a real efforts-based thing, Christianity. Okay. Celebrity pastors. Pastors' fault or the enabling congregations? Ooh. Hot sports opinions here. Uh, It's definitely both, probably. Um, And I don't know if you can completely call it like the idea of a celebrity pastor is a byproduct, the natural sometimes byproduct of some dude just being. Talented or well-spoken, but it is, I think, the pastor's responsibility to manage uh, how much he or she builds off of that notoriety. I mean, you can definitely tell the guys that are all about building their image and their platforms versus the others that are just trying to do the job. Uh, And I think it's pretty easy to see. So you definitely have a responsibility to manage that notoriety for whatever reason. God is giving you some notoriety. And so that's probably something to steward of which I have to do the same, uh, whatever low level of notoriety I have. But uh, it's definitely also us as congregations fault because we we love celebrities and we love the idea that our guy or girl is well known or famous or people come from all over to see or hear him speak You know, we like that feeling of giddiness when you interact with somebody who's perceived as a celebrity. I definitely like that. I like hanging out with important people or impressive people or people that are hard to get access to. That feels pretty good. And so, of course, that translates into um, a church context. But I think as congregations, we have to be careful. uh, And I think it's loving— to try to protect your personal pastor against the pitfalls of fame, wealth, power, all that kind of stuff. I mean, power and fame can be pretty polluting from time to time. And you just have to basically Google the word pastor and hit, click on news. And there should be something that comes up about how power and fame corrupts. So it's definitely our responsibility too as congregations to take care of our pastor and not put the irrational, terrible expectations on, uh, on our pastor as if they're like some super anointed, gifted miracle worker when in fact they're just a dude or uh, a girl trying their best to serve their calling or to fulfill God's calling on their life. And that's it. It shouldn't be about... Who's the better pastor? Who's got the most entertaining service or who's got the catchiest music or any of that kind of stuff? And we should push for our churches to demand more of us, to challenge us and not just provide a two-hour entertainment service it's from my perspective. Top one or two reasons people keep going to these churches. I'm assuming you're talking about the uh, hip and cool churches uh and maybe I'll, I'll throw prosperity churches in there too even though those are two different things i think i think one is that it's they're pretty fun to go to uh where everything's curated in a way that is encouraging motivating feels good gets you to feel something uh especially sorry my this is a really amateur hour operation my hounds Will bark at anything that moves. This is why I need a studio, or at least like a a shipping container that I can record my podcast in. Um, so, top one reason is entertaining; it's fun. It's like uh, it's cool to go to these services that are really well done. And two, I think um, many people want a different church experience than what they grew up with, or what their parents grew up going to, or I know plenty of people that have said, I'm done with whatever that version of Christianity is that uh, I grew up with because it was stuffy. It was judgy. It it uh, mishandled some pretty important topics that I think could have been handled better. Um, so top one or two reasons, I think one, because they're entertaining too, because uh, young people are wanting a different experience of church compared to what their parents had. And then maybe from the prosperity gospel church's perspective people are trying to get rich and get healthy and so they go to a prosperity gospel deal to find out the secret formula on how to get god's favor in their life which uh shocker alert is not gonna actually happen for them uh so good question why'd you stay undercover for so long Uh, a bunch of reasons i mean one the account blew up in a way that was so uh out of control and out of hand. And I had no idea what was going on or what to do with it or what was going to happen. And so until I got more secure about what I was doing on Instagram and had a way forward, I was like, I'm going to stay anonymous until I figure out what the plan is. And then very quickly that turned into a kind of interesting element to the account. People were interested in this idea that somebody is anonymous, but causing this huge stir. So I did that for two years, but it's exhausting. And, um, you know, when you write a book about authenticity, you in turn want to lead by example. Ductus exemplos what we said in the Marine Corps, lead by example. And so I tried to do that by coming out in public. What's your favorite color? Uh, orange. It's orange, but I don't know why. I guess it, I, I've always thought it was the best looking color. Thoughts on millennials slash Gen Z leaving the church? I mean, the big C church. Uh, this, I mean, I've, I've heard about this issue basically since I've been involved with church. People are always leaving church. Uh, I think it's part, it's got to be part of what God is doing in a bigger way by refining the churches and showing them that like, look, what we've done in the past hasn't been working and we need to reevaluate everything. And it's not to just get retention for retention's sake or to build donations. It's to actually figure out how to lead people in a way that gets them closer to God. And for a lot of people, uh, whatever church was up until recent years has not worked for them. And also, you don't want to be like a church shopper. There's no perfect church. Churches are filled with imperfect people. Um but also there's definitely some themes that I think need to change and some, uh, some focuses that our churches have been making in a way that has detracted from the actual message of Jesus. Not a question, but a thank you for starting this account and engaging in the dialogue about the elephant in the room. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to read flattering uh, messages like that. I appreciate it. I have to hold on to those as people... Are terrible on the opposite end. Have you had any feed? Uh, have you had any feedback from celebrity pastors? Uh, yeah, lots. You can hear my interview with Judas Smith at the end of uh, the Preachers and Sinners audiobook for his feedback. And for those that don't know, he's Justin Bieber's closest spiritual confidant and friend. I would say. Uh, question follow up book coming soon. I don't know. I don't... It'll depend on how this book does, probably. Uh, So far, it's had a slow start, as expected. You know, not many people can do T.D. Jakes or Stephen Furtick numbers out the gate. A new unknown author putting out a book is pretty hard to have a huge splash. So the numbers have been disappointing, if we're honest. But uh, apparently they're going to somehow take a turn. And so uh, I don't have any huge burning ideas. I've got a couple... Minute ideas that could maybe be a good book, but it's going to take a lot of effort to build out another outline and all that stuff. And it's it's pretty freaking hard to, to write a book. How many foods are there? Hmm. Well, there's crawfish and Chick-fil-A and Domino's. So that's three. And then there's Chipotle and In-N-Out and Whataburger. So what is that? Seven foods? So I think there's seven foods. Uh, You watch the Orange Years doc yet? No, I haven't. Uh, What's your top Nick show from the 90s? I'm I'm assuming that means like the the Nickelodeon show. Was all that on Nickelodeon? I think all that was on Nickelodeon. Crispy04, fan of gaming? Would you be tuning into E3? I do from time to time. It's pretty interesting, especially if Battlefield 6 is part of E3. Very interested to see uh, how Battlefield 6 is going to be, especially since I'm live streaming on Twitch. I'm usually streaming on Twitch playing Warzone or... um, other games as well. So definitely a fan of gaming when I can do it, but it's hard to justify it when you have a new, a new board. So I do it like 20 minutes a week, probably Uh, leaders and churches that copy paste celebrity leaders slash churches. How long will it last? Yeah, this is, this is part of the issue. I think Uh, the definition of success has turned into like a very Consistent set of aesthetics and experiences for churches and any up-and-coming church that wants to get any attention has to do the sexy curated caption clips on Instagram, as well as the pitch-black worship service with a pretty unsurprising worship band. Uh, I think it there's going to be something that happens that shakes that whole setup significantly i don't know what it is but it's just such a repeated thing and causes such repeated experiences that we all can kind of agree are kind of tired uh, i think people are wanting i i want a more authentic church relationship a, a more authentic uh, i don't want to say experience because it's like you shouldn't be i don't think you should be going after church for an experience you should be going after church to fellowship with others to seek after god and to grow spiritually so i think something's coming i don't know what that is but i'm hoping that people transition to a more authentic way of doing church and worship how have you personally grown and what have you learned in the process of starting the account um Don't start a sentence with, um, first of all, that's a good thing to learn. Learn several things. I mean, I've learned how to set boundaries with social media a little better. You know, for the first year I was spending like eight or nine hours a day on Instagram, trying to just like respond to everybody, comment on everything and, you know, keep the engagement up because that's what matters. But it's just a never ending cycle of insanity. And so if you don't set boundaries, you're going to lose your mind. Um, so that's one thing I've learned to empathize with other sides of the argument. Uh, I I had never considered some of the nuance around gifting and side hustles and all this kind of stuff. So I at least have empathy for I have empathy for the pastoral role. I've got empathy for worship leaders out there, uh, but I also have empathy for people that have been hurt by church and that have real concerns with how they've been treated or how they perceive Christians in the mainstream. Uh, I empathize with uh, those people a lot more now that I've done this for two years. Uh, And I've also learned that I think there's some real issues that are going on in our, our churches that need to be addressed. And it's, it's an imperfect, the way I did it was an imperfect way of bringing them up, but I think it was uh, helpful in its own way, I guess. And I've seen some fruit from it already uh okay uh this is probably the last question since i gotta i gotta roll here shortly has the backlash that comes from your posts ever made you want to shut your account down um all the time like literally every day because it's just it's exhausting And at this point i know the type of responses i'm gonna get And it's uh, it's a practice of figuring out how much responsibility you have for grown adults in a comment section uh, talking with other grown adults. Like, dude, it's impossible to, I can't control people. I could delete the account, but that also I think would be tabling a thing that has produced good fruit. But yeah, I, I post way less just because inevitably when I post, I have to deal with Follow up from people that are pissed, and uh, also people that want me to post things that they want me to post. You know, once I start posting again, people are always trying to get me to buy into their agenda and post the thing that they want me to post. And I that is so obnoxious when people are like post this, post this, post this. You got to post this. Oh, you got to post this. So the whole thing. I mean, I don't know if you can tell my tone. It's like kind of burnt out from <laughs> from a lot of the things on social. Just because it never stops. It never stops, and there's not a It's not a real concrete ending point, but, uh, I think it's important to continue discussing how we can be more authentic with others, with, uh, ourselves and on social media and also authentic, get our churches to be authentic about who Jesus was and what it, what it means to die to yourself and actually follow him and, uh, You know, if I can get people to start questioning those things and wrestling with those things, it seems like the account is a net positive. But in the short term, it is exhausting to post. Yeah, I'm definitely posting a lot less because it's the point's kind of been made. The book has been written. My thoughts about the subject are really in the book and in the podcast. For, I mean, I think over forty episodes now, which is a lot of episodes. I think. Um. So yeah, good question. And I, I doubt I'll be running this account. Forever. I mean, it, it, uh, I don't want to be posting about pastoral footwear for the rest of my life. I would like to move on to bigger and better things. But in the meantime, I'm still going to manage it. I'm still going to do this podcast. I like doing the podcast, and, uh, it's fun to talk with interesting, smart people about some of these topics. It's, it's fun to talk with you, you all in DMs or on comments or in the chat to get your perspective and hear about your stories. And I encourage you to always, if you've got a story, or a thought about this, definitely email me or DM me. I'm happy to look at it. and happy to uh, respond if I can get to it. Um, so that's a, a small sampling of the questions that that I got in over Instagram. Thank you to everybody that uh, participated in my little Q&A solicitation there, I guess if you could call it that. Uh, I appreciate y'all watching the pod. I know it's a random time. It's like 1.51 p.m. on a, what, Wednesday. So I didn't expect many people to be on, but uh, this will come out. I'm going to post this right after this, if I can get the editing done and, uh, you can listen to it whenever. And hopefully it was a nice change of pace. And, um, again, if you haven't gotten the book yet, would love it if you bought the book, if you can't afford the book, just send me an email and we can figure it out. I don't want cost or price to limit anybody from wanting to read the book. That's, that would be heinous. So just email me if you can't afford the book or if money is an issue, just let me know. Um, you can also get it on Audible, Kindle, all that kind of stuff for a little cheaper price. And maybe by now there's some used copies out there floating around. It's a pretty easy book to read, so I imagine people are going to be relisting it at some point to sell used. Uh, and you know, subscribe to the pod, subscribe to the Twitch. I'm going to be playing some Warzone here and there, which is fun, and that has nothing to do with Preachers and Sneakers, but uh, trying to branch out the content a bit to make it interesting, not only for you, but also for me Uh, doing the same thing over and over and over gets pretty old. So uh, subscribe to the Twitch, subscribe to YouTube. I'm going to be building out some more content there on YouTube as well. And yeah, just keep in touch. Follow the Instagram at Preachers and Sneakers. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. This is episode four, I think, and going to continue to do it live like this, assuming I can get my words straight and not have a ton of awkward pauses like that one that just occurred. Um, but yeah, subscribe to the pod, listen to the past episodes and tune, tune in, uh, probably in a week and a half or so for the next episode of the preachers and sneakers podcast. Hope you guys have a great week, much love. Uh, just hope you have a great week and I appreciate you spending the time to listen to this podcast. You could, there's a million podcasts out there, so you don't really have much reason to listen to this one, but I appreciate everybody that does. And yep, I'm going to sign off here. Much love. Peace.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more